0: I think this is his third year. He's a junior there at Urshan College and he came uh, straight from uh, Kenya and Madagascar and uh, we've talked to the Richardsons many times. I don't know how they do it. Sister Richardson came and in two weeks had to teach Jared how to balance a checkbook, how to drive a car, uh, probably other things that you, don't, you just don't think about. And, uh, but I have watched Jared over the past three years and I've watched his hunger for God grow. I've watched his maturity grow and his ministry grow, and I want him to come, and uh, I want him to preach the word of God tonight, and I want us to hear what God has put in his heart, and uh, I want us to get behind him, and I'm glad you're a part of this church, Jared. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's just praise his name for a few minutes. Isn't God great? You've already felt his presence here today, this worship, worship, worship service. Oh, Lord, you're great glorify your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's an honor to be here today. I thank you, pastor for letting me have an opportunity to speak something from my heart that's been burning me for several months. But as you, if you have your Bibles, I want to drive straight into the word of God. I'll be reading from Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. And it reads, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do you People light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this brings me to my title, Don't Block Your Light, Let It Shine. See, this light that I'm referring to is God's power in you. I believe when you get the Holy Ghost, he lets a light in your heart. And that is his power. That's his, his spirit inside you. And, and so we are stewards of his light, and we are supposed to let it shine. Is that's the way we show the love of God in his life. You see, if we block our light, we're blocking God's power to shine through us. So if we're not as effective. As Sunday school songs say, don't hide it under a bushel, no. God, let your light shine. See, if we put a blanket over a light, Naturally, it's not as effective. See, a light's supposed to light up the entire room, but if you put a blanket over that light, it will not be as effective as normal. See, we do this way in our ministries and our callings and our ways that we talk to people and our witness. See, if we hinder our light, it does not be as effective to others. And there's ways that our culture and our time has ways find ways to block and hide our light that we don't even realize. See, one of the first ways you can hide your light is simply by the way you conduct yourselves outside the church. You see, here's an example. If you're a rude customer, let's say you had a long day and you're out to eat with your friends and you're just grouchy and just had that long day at work and you're just talking like, oh, this person got me mad and you're just talking bad about them and the waiter overhears you. And they just go on about their day, and then later on you're like, hey, um, do you want to come to my church? It's a great and loving church. And he's like, ah, I, I've seen you um, talk bad about people. It doesn't sound very loving, like so there you just hinder the light affecting them, and probably future people to witness in that person to be like, those Pentecostals, they always talked bad about people. How is that a loving church? You see, in John 13, 35. Reads: By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love for one another. See, the love you show affects how people are respond and witness to. See, God is love. So it's very natural for our light to shine from his power to be love. But if we do not show love to our neighbor, then how can we do it? See, here's another, this is a real-life example. As many of you know, I've worked at Little Caesar for the past three-ish years. For most of you, I've been an I've been assistant manager there, so, and a cashier. So I have to deal with a lot of customers, and a lot of angry customers, because I get the complaints, and I have to deal with it. And surprisingly enough, my worst customer to have to deal with is a Pentecostal woman. And you see, she is very angry all the time. If you make up any mistake, she'll get angry at you, even if it was her mistake. She ordered the wrong pizza, and she blamed it on us. Or if you misspell her name and pronounce it wrong because it's not that common of a name, oh, she gets angry. And that's like, I imagine if my coworkers, if the only Pentecostal person they met in their life was that lady then they would not like Pentecostals. So if any Pentecostal person tried to witness to them, they'd be like, I know those Pentecostals. I know how they are. They're just angry all the time. Why would I want to go to their church? Now, luckily, my coworkers know me, and a couple of them have come to my church because they know a good Pentecostal, or at least I try to be. And if, but as I can just imagine if that was the only Pentecostal they know, then what our witness would be like. That is why when you go out to events and stuff, and you're on other cities, they encourage you, tip well. Because maybe it's your, not your w- future witness that you're affecting, but it's a future witness of others. Because if they if you tip badly, or if you're super angry, and people are like, those Pentecostals that had that big event, I don't like them. Why would now another Pentecostal church would witness them, they'd be like, oh, sorry, they had that big event, and they were just rude all the time. See, and the next thing that light that we cannot do as a witness is be a spotlight. See, if you had a big room, a spotlight does not effectively light that room because it focuses its light. It chooses where it shines. And if we are the light and we choose where we shine, it's not as effective. See, if anyone here is fishermen, fisherman, do anyone like to fish? I like to fish. I know I got a few Bass Pro Shop people here. and. You see, when I remember when I we fished with my grandpa, we would fish for hours and hours and hours. And finally, finally you get one bite and you reel in that fish and it's like this little bitty fish and you have to throw it back. And you just wait just to three hours of your life. I used to get so mad. You see, that's how we witness sometimes. And it's wrong. See, if we have our little fishing pole and we're going out to witness and we're just catching fish, spending time, we're trying to find that perfect fish, the one that's beautiful, but we're saying, oh, that's too small. Oh, that's not big enough. That's not good to eat. There's nothing good. There's no good fish here. But we need to be like the fishermen like the disciples were. They cast out their nets. And it didn't matter what they caught because they were fishing for men and they were getting as much as they can because they were trying to be as effective as possible. You see, you cannot judge who we witness to. A lot of times we try and make our own self judgments like, ah, oh, this person, they drink too much, this person smokes too much. We can't possibly witness to them. But I know some of our greatest Christians are those that went through those hardest times that have the biggest powerful testimony, and they had done a lot of work because someone decided to witness to them. The next thing a light does is a light is a counter to the darkness surprisingly enough you see when a light comes in all the darkness goes away see a lot of times we hide our light and we only let it shine in a church which is a good thing we let our light shine to glorify God but we can't just shine our light here we need to go out and let our light shine see I will use our church name the light, a lighthouse you see if a lighthouse is built in the middle of a big city, it's not really useful because a light has to shine. And ash- A lighthouse is for those cliffs, those dangerous areas, and it will shine its light to warn a ship, this is danger, danger. And imagine if we are that light. We are supposed to go out and say, there's danger here. Don't go there. Don't go do that. This is not good for you. It's not what you're meant to be because we are the light. We were supposed to be like a lighthouse. We can't just hide our light because there's a bunch of people hurting that are broken. And our light gives them hope of a future, of a future calling. You see, there was a man. He was, uh, used to be a Christian man. And he was back in the time of World War II. And this man went and fought the war, got called to service. And he came back and he went through a trial of depression and he got addicted to alcohol for years and years and years and he worked in a factory much like Mike here, worked in an automobile factory. And he was just, just drink. and his wife had to go and pick up the paychecks because it got so bad because if he would get his hand on the paycheck, all of that would be used for drinking and they would have no food on the table. And he just looked was on such a low end of a spectrum. But a, man, a Pentecostal man then decided to go out and witness to this alcoholic man that worked beside him in the factory. And this once Christian man would try to debate with this Pentecostal man. It's like, oh, what you're saying is a lie. I know of a truth because I used to be go to church and used to be a Christian. And as an alcoholic man would go back home, he would get out his old dusty Bible and start reading and trying to find ways to debate this man. This went for weeks and weeks and weeks. And this alcoholic man soon realized that wait, what this guy is telling me is true. And I must take heed to that. So and he so he finally, him, and his entire family went to church and got the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. But it didn't even stop there. See, this once alcoholic man then felt a call to be a pastor and to plant churches. He planted several churches in Indiana and Kentucky that are still here today. And since this one alcoholic man got witness to by a Pentecostal man that decided not to shine his light any other way but with the way that God told him to shine his light, he was then able to go out and do a miraculous thing as such as plant churches. But it didn't even stop there. This once alcoholic man that became a church planter then felt a call to be a missionary. And through his work, he was able to go to the Philippines for about five years, but his true calling was finally revealed when he was able to start to work in Madagascar. You see, that man was my great-grandpa. The alcoholic man that a Pentecostal decided to witness to has affected generations to come. And now there's over 300 1,000 churches. Oh, not 300,000 people. 1,000 churches, sorry. And since one man decided to let his light shine in a workplace, such as a factory, a little lowly factory. Like, why would you witness someone in a factory? Especially a man that debates with you. Like, we's like, oh, he's arguing with me. I'm not going to witness him anymore. But since he decided to let his light shine and be a witness and to be a lighthouse To those in the darkness, he was able to witness to a man that has now affected hundreds of thousands of souls. You see, you cannot make your light not shine because it's so crucial, it's so important that we give hope out to the world. We give hope to those in darkness. We give hope to those who need hope. See, we are our lights. Our lights are so crucial. I know many of you probably have people in your workspaces, people in your family that you need to be a light to. Because that is what our goal is. That's our calling. That's our goal in life. Because we are the light. God put it in us. We are what shows God's love and God's power through everyone's goal. Because we are the witnesses, and we are those who are set up on a hill to let our light shine. But like like I said, a simple man named Brother Ernie decided to witness, and he was able to make a difference in people's life. He was able to be a beacon of hope to those who had no hope. Because he was on that cliff. He was saying, don't keep doing this. Don't keep being that alcoholic. Don't keep being someone that's not good. Don't keep being someone in the dark. You see, we are witnesses. We, are, we affect those who seem to be n- hopeless. And years later, down the road, it may be a church by someone you witness to that now is here. Because our witness and our callings Are so important There are people out there That are in dark Hard times And it's really crucial that You just simply share God's love Because witnessing Isn't a part time job Witnessing is not something you do When you're around people But when you're around people you don't care about You don't witness See witnessing is a full time job Our life is witnessing. The way we conduct ourselves is witnessing. The way you love one another is witnessing. The way you show yourself to others is always crucial and always important. Because you don't know when someone gets to meet a Pentecostal and I witness to them. And by the way, you showed love and you showed caring. There's like, those Pentecostals are loving people. Those Pentecostals are good people. And when they're hurting and they feel like no one loves them, and someone loves them, they want to respond to that simple call. Because shining your light may seem complicated. It's not complicated. It's just being who you are that God gave you. It's letting the love of God shine through you. Letting the love of God shine through your life as we stand. See, I know we all have people that we're trying to witness to. And like for three years, I've been trying to get some of my people from my church, from my workplace to come to church. And they always seemed negligent. Though they knew something was different. They knew something was different and there was love and hope. They still just, I'm too far gone. There's nothing that God can do for me. There's nothing that God can strengthen in my life. But they soon start to realize that there's no hope in what this world has to offer. And just by simply continuing to shine your light, one of you, one, the one guy, his name is Max, he just asked, like, why are you religious? Why, why do you believe in a God? And I was able to, just by being religious and being someone that was good, he realized there was something different, and he asked that simple question. I was able to talk to him why I'm religious and why I believe there's a God above all gods. And then he was like, you know, that's cool. And then I invite him to church, he's like, I'll go. And now he's planning to come on every Sunday night. Because just shining your light can be so crucial and so key. You see, these altars are open. And if you have someone in your mind that you want to witness to, that God has placed a burden upon your life, placed a burden upon your heart, pray. Because, but don't just pray for that one person pray for those people that you come in contact with at Walmart, that you come in contact with, with your everyday life, and just simply saying, hey, God loves you. he be crucial, because one time a missionary man, he was driving down a street and in his car, and God was like, hey, the next the next homeless person you see, stop and say, God loves them. And the missionary man was like, why would I do that? I, I have to be somewhere. I'm but like late for church. I need to get there god's like no you stop so he reluctantly saw the next homeless person that was sitting down and he said hey god loves you and the homeless man started breaking down in tears because he said i felt like no one loved me in this world and the next car that did not stop to tell me something in this world loved me i would jump out in front of it and kill myself because nothing is good anymore but since that man decided to say God loves you, and listen to the call of God. That man now is in church and is serving God. Your light is so crucial because that's God's power through you. So as you go day to day and end to end, and you're just meeting people, let your light shine. Show the love of God because one of these days, they'll need that. And just your love that you share will know that ye are my disciples. And it's so crucial. So let's bow our heads and pray that we be a light to this world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's be a light, Lord, to the darkness, Lord Jesus. You're the God of this city, you're the King of this people.